Sustainable sobriety is here. You can create predictable and consistent results in your alcohol-free journey without abstaining from alcohol the entire time. I always say that taking your last sip of alcohol isn't necessarily always the first step for success. You want to eliminate your desire for alcohol, not just simply not drink. Keep the needle moving forward in your journey, in your transformation, no matter if you do drink or you don't drink. The trap of stopping and starting in moderation is really what always keeps you stuck, but you can embrace an opportunity to move forward without the burden of counting days, and it is all available to you in the Sustainable Sobriety course on my website. Follow the link. I will see you there and I will walk you through step by step. This is the most affordable and efficient way to get from where you are to where you want to go, where the desire to drink truly is a thing of the past. I will see you there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here for another episode. I'm thrilled for our guest today, another brave, empowered, beautiful woman, and someone that's really inspired me as well throughout our time together. I want to welcome to the show one of my beautiful clients, Paula. Paula, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Mary. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hi. So I like to start off by telling the listeners just a little bit about yourself and how you spend your days, kind of where you're calling in from and yeah. Okay. Well, um, right now I am sitting in, um, warm and sunny, um, Georgia and, um, I live on a 14 acre farm in uh, Northwest Georgia. And so my days usually consist of basically now we're an empty nester. I have two children, but they're grown, both married. And um, so my days usually consist of taking care of, uh, I have three horses here and I have three dogs and three cats and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, we, my husband's big into gardening and that kind of thing. So, um, so my days usually just consist of being uh, here on the farm and taking care of, you know, daily chores and that kind of thing. Yeah. I love that. It sounds like a lot. (laughs) It's a pretty sweet life. I have to say. Yeah, but it's, it's full and it's beautiful. What are, what is the most inspiring thing that you have going on right now? Um, it's, it's just helping, um, helping some neighbors that are in, that are um, really struggling. Um, they're, they're both in the hospital. Uh, the, they have three children, but there's a mother and the, the husband and wife are both in the hospital with COVID. And so um, right now I am really making myself available and I'm really thankful to have that time that I can make myself available to um, this family. Uh, the mother, the mother of the um, wife or the lady is, they're taking care of the three children. So like she called me today and said, Oh, you know, the little girl forgot her lunch. Can you take it to the school? You know? So I was, I'm just thankful that I have that opportunity to serve these people. I'm a nurse by training. Um, obviously I'm pretty retired. I'm just on the farm, but, um, but I still like to be, feel useful and, and, um, help out, especially, in dire situation. I mean, this is a very dire situation. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. Any positive thoughts or prayers that you could send for this, this couple that are going through it. And I know the stories, there's so many out there that are struggling with this COVID virus. Um, So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, being of service and, you know, I think that that's kind of one of the things about our whole conversation today too, is how, you know, I know for me, it's like, how can we kind of get out of our own way of something that's not really serving us so that we can have the opportunity to be of greater service too. So, yeah. So thank you for, for showing up for that. It's really amazing. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey. So kind of back. So we're just going to go down memory lane a little bit. Um, when did alcohol come into your life and, and why, and walk us through, through some of that? Oh, well, um, I really didn't drink in high school and, um, I I started drinking when I went to college because it was kind of the thing to do and everybody was doing it. And, you know, I experimented with it and, um, I I never really, I mean, I never really was, would say addicted to it at all, but, um, that's when my, that's when that started my history with alcohol started there. And then, um, you know, it continued through my adult life and, um, but it wasn't until like recently, like once my kids started leaving home and that kind of thing. And I started finding myself with a lot of time on my hands and, um, I was lonely. And then the other thing was that I was also, um, I have, I have a bad back and so and knee pain. So I had some physical ailments that kind of, you know, I, I found that through alcohol, it, it, it numbed the pain and mm-hmm. it took away the pain. And so, yeah, that's, that's where it started getting kind of um, dicey. And so through the years, and so this has been, that probably went on, you know, for several years until finally I started having the manifestations. It started manifesting in my health, mm-hmm. you know, the weight gain, the, um, you know, the blood pressure was going up and um, my liver enzymes were up. I mean, it, it was getting to the point that my body was saying enough's enough. You've got to make a change. Yeah. And being a health professional, I'm like, yeah, no kidding. You know, why are you doing this to yourself? It, this is a self-inflicted, you know, um, drug that you're, I mean, you know, you're doing damage to your body. You're self-inflicting it on yourself. You know, you can stop this. You know, this is not some kind of, you know, cancer that you, you know, that you willy nilly just got. No, this was, this is something that I was inflicting on myself. And I knew there was a time uh, that I had to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So before like the kids left and, and that, you know, you, your drinking kind of picked up what, um, there, it didn't seem like it wasn't in your, in your head that this, this is a, a problem. It was just more of a casual oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like social thing. You know, I mean, I wasn't at home drinking a bottle of wine every night, you know, and that kind of thing. It was more like when I went out with my friends or, you know, we went to a party and, you know, and again, I look around, everybody was doing it. You know, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And I mean, I still don't, I still don't feel like, you know, for the most part, if people want to drink, I don't, I don't feel like that's passing judgment on them just because I don't want to have that relationship with alcohol anymore. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, I think people know listening to, to the show, right? Well, and what's so interesting too is, and I always talk about this is that as you it's, it wasn't always a problem until it is right. Until there's a reason where the, like we were talking about before we got on the, we started recording, which is like not changing becomes more painful um, than, than moving through some of the discomfort. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah, here's this available tool for some of these new emotions, because what I'm hearing you say, and what I know is that your circumstances changed. Yes. And when our circumstances change, we have new thoughts and we have new emotions that we didn't have before. Right. Right. Yeah. So really it was something to use to, to kind of (laughs) navigate those waters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the emotional, you know, things that I was going through of, you know, my kids growing up and moving out of the house and, you know, and then, um, 
you know, the pain that I was going through. So, yeah. And it was, that's, I mean, that was the big impetus for me to reach out to somebody. And I knew I needed help because I had, I had tried doing other things before, um, like the 21 day reset and that kind of thing. And um, it was great, but it didn't last. Yeah. Why do you think it didn't last? I just don't, I just, I don't think I was putting in, you know, it's one thing to stop something for 21 days, but it's a whole different thing to be coached and through a program that somebody's there with you, helping you along the way. And I think it, you know, for me, it was, I had to reach out um, and get some serious help. And, and I, I didn't really feel like, I didn't really feel like it was like that I needed AA. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was that I didn't feel like I was addicted. Mm-hmm. I was addicted. I, I certainly was addicted because alcohol is an addictive substance. Um, but I didn't feel like I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, cause I felt like, Oh, well I only start drinking in the afternoons and I'm still functional during the day and that kind of thing. Um, so I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't put myself in that category of having that kind of a addiction. Right. Yeah. And I think that's very typical for so many people. And that's why, you know, you know me, I'm like, I don't like labels anyway, because they're so, they're so limiting and it's, it's, there's such a spectrum of why we're drinking, what our coping skills are, what our trauma was, you know, what our emotional uh, resilience is like all of those things. And, um, yeah, I think that that term alcoholic really makes it feel like this is, this is it, right? There's no, yeah, now there's no way out. There's no way out. Right. You are what you are. And, and anyway, I just, um, you know, so I just went on and started, you know, going online and just Googled, you know, like, you know, things for help with alcohol, like not alcoholism, but, you know, um, trying to become alcohol free. And, you know, fortunately I was led to your um, website and I, you know, watched some of your videos and that kind of thing. And, um, and, you know, I, well, I started out on the podcast actually. And then um, I was like, God, this lady is just like nailing it. Like everything she's saying, I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, um, and I was like, God, I really wish, you know, I really wish she could be a coach or, you know, like would have one-on-one and then, Later, I found out that you do do that. So, um, and that's the reason I set up the consultation call, you know, and that was a big step for me because I was afraid. I really was scared of making that change because I knew it was going to be painful. I'd been through it before and, um, you know, cutting it, cutting it out, cutting something out that you're addicted to is never fun. Yeah. 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 And I think that even that whole term, because of like, being addicted to something, you know, there's the substance. It's like, it doesn't, it, yes, the repercussions of it are, can have negative implications on your life, but it's like, we get it. We're addicted to things now. Right. I mean, that this is, this is how you learn. And this is really like what the alcohol is doing because it's a chemical and now your body responds to that. And now your body has some sort of dependency on it. You know, even if it's just one glass a day. And so that term alone, um, I think, you know, even has this like really negative, shameful connotation to it because yeah, there is, there's going to be an in-between time where you're learning to not be addicted or you're learning to undo the habit, you know? So that's why I use the term habit because people it's like less, (laughs) it's less triggering for people. But I wanted to, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about Because I think a lot of people will resonate with this, just kind of like what shifted for you when the kids left? What was that? What do you think some of those emotions were? um, You know, Uh, yeah, well, that was phase. Yeah. And that that was one thing that you, you know, kind of really helped me work through. But yeah, those emotions are like, um, I, I felt like I had no purpose anymore. You know, I mean, I stayed home with my kids for pretty much their whole, you know, uh, lives, um, until they left home to go to college or do their career. And, and it was like, 
now what do I do? You know, like my whole life was wrapped around, oh, I got to be, you know, I got to be there to pick up the kids at three o'clock or, you know, I've got to be, you know, I got to go pick up after, after practice, you know, I've got to go get them or my daughter's a professional equestrian. And like, so I have to go get her from the barn. And, you know, so my whole life was wrapped around, you know, like more like focused on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because I, I looked at that, that was my, that was my job. Right. Um, and so I, I went through a lot of depression because of it. Um, and like I said, it just, I, I didn't feel like I had a purpose anymore. My purpose in life was kind of gone and it, it was just making that shift of, okay. And instead of being like celebratory, like I thought I was going to be all those years, I was like, Oh, I can't wait for them to grow up. Right. <laughs> and then they grow up and they go. And then you're like, Oh, now what do I do with myself? And so I, I just hadn't prepared myself. Thank goodness I, I was on the farm. Um, we had moved here um, because then it, I did have purpose. I did have things to do and things that kept me busy. But there was still that, you know, that doesn't take care of loneliness and um, the the kind of depression mm-hmm. things that you go through. And, and I think as women, you know, I'm just going to put that, you know, say it right now, hormones are... Are, are hard to deal with sometimes mm-hmm. and they do yeah. affect you. Yeah. They're real. They're real. <laughs> they're a real deal. <laughs> yeah. Go and ahead. So, yeah. So anyway, just, it's just, you know, through that and cause that's the thing, you know, now I'm older and, you know, going through the menopause menopausal thing and um, it's a whole new uncharted territory. Right. I mean, just like if you had, and I, I was one that had really bad PMS. And so, mm-hmm. Um, I, my hormone, I'm very sensitive to hormones. And, um, so when I started having these effects and, and I would look around myself and I would wake up and I'd be, God, I'm depressed. And then I'd look around and go, why are you so depressed? You don't have a reason to be depressed. Mm-hmm. I think that's another fallacy. Sometimes we, there's not a reason it's, mm-hmm. it's hormonal. It's, you know, other things going on and, I don't know, just going through your whole process of the ETA, you know, the emotions and thoughts and actions that really worked for me. That yeah. helped me so much um, because I, I had to admit, I had to admit these things, right. I had to admit, admit that I was depressed. I had to admit that um, I was lonely. I had to admit that I, I had feelings of worthlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and then, you know, the physical pain on top of it, plus then, you know, the alcohol just kind of numbed all that and took it away. Yeah. And so by, you know, being willing to admit that, and that's the first step, right, is awareness of it and, 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 and having to say, you know, it's okay, right? This is normal. And this is, this is human. Um, What it, what was what was the next step after that for you, after you were able to kind of confront that? Yeah. Um, well, again, you know, and even after I confronted those feelings, I still kept, I still kept using the alcohol, you know, even though I kind of knew it, I still, but I didn't, I didn't really understand that. I I, I wasn't strong enough or I, I don't want to say that because it was just, I didn't have the willpower enough or maybe the support, you know, to make that next step to say, like I said, enough's enough. Like, okay, you know, your, your, your health is going down um, and you're going to get in real trouble health wise. And I don't, I never, I don't like being sick. I don't want to be sick. And so anything that I can do to try to help myself be healthier, I'm certainly going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it, it was that kind of, that was the switch for me is when I saw the numbers, you know, the weight going up, the blood pressure going up, the um, liver enzymes going up. And I'm like, you know, you're on, you're on, you're on a dangerous trajectory here and you need to make a change. Yeah. And um, so, and that's when I reached out for help because I knew I needed help to do it. Yeah. So then what happens with these emotions when you're not drinking? Well, they're still there. <laughs> they didn't go anywhere. Um, but you know what? They're better. I have to say they're better. Um, 
you know, I think, because for me, that whole alcohol journey, you know, this, this last part journey that I've been on, it was, um, it just, it, it, it didn't like you always tell me, it doesn't make anything better, you know, and for me, it made it worse, right? Because um, all I was doing was numbing the emotions, but they didn't go away. They were back the next day. And, um, and, and it, you know, in some ways it made it worse because I had such anxiety about, you know, oh my gosh, well, do I have, do I have enough wine for today? I mean, I would wake up in the morning with that. That was the first thought in my head. Mm-hmm. Do I have wine in the house or am I going to need to go to the grocery store? You know, like that's what, that's what drove me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, golly, that's not a good that's not a good way to wake up in the morning. That shouldn't be my first thought. Mm-hmm. And I should, you know, and in that way, it just caused anxiety. And and that's what I kept saying when I was when I was thinking about having to make the change. It's like this is this is I have so much more anxiety thinking about stop drinking mm-hmm. than if I just drink. Mm-hmm. And I did that for I did that for a long time. I really did. I, you know, I would say no. It's it's just too. I can't deal with the anxiety mm-hmm. of making that change. So I've just, I'll just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the alcohol also added to the other emotions, you know, well, like you were saying, they, they have gotten, they're there, but they've, they've gotten better. So do you think that that has contributed to not only the work of, you know, and we can talk about that a little bit of uncovering the truth of some of the thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of worth, of purpose, of all of that, but just the actual effects of the alcohol. Do you think that that contributed to adding to the intensity of? Oh, definitely. The loneliness, the depression. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's a downer, right? I mean, it's, it's a downer. <laughs> so yeah, it's not a picker upper. I mean, it's you know, it's definitely for me. You know, it was a downer because I think whatever emotion you're having, sometimes that alcohol just heightens that. And or it did for me. And I, and I know that alcohol affects people differently. Um, and, you know, I'll just share that my son, um, he, he had a, he, he drank when he went off to college and um, he, he really react, had a bad reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Like he became really violent and then would do things and not remember. And um, then he got married and, um, and even when they were dating and everything, they both drank and everything. And then they, but they both decided like once they got married, that that was it. They were not going to drink anymore. They were going to be alcohol free. And, and I truly believe if they had not made that commitment that I don't, they would not be married. I don't think, I don't think she would have stood for the way he treated. He wasn't, he wasn't always violent, but he, it would bring out the violence side of him. So again, I would just really encourage, um, you know, young adults too that are out there and that might be listening, you know, it is, it's okay not to drink. Yeah. I love that message. Yeah. Cause the thing is, is, I mean, and as you know, it can be kind of a slippery slope. Like it wasn't a problem. And then you start using it to solve problem, quote unquote problems. Um, and then before you know it, you're waking up thinking, and this is so normal. Right. And it's like, you're thinking about why it's like, where when did that happen? Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, yeah, totally, totally agree. And, um, it is a slippery slope and, you know, it's all fun and games when you're in college and that kind of thing. And, but I mean, we, we see the stories, you know, I mean, these people get so alcohol toxic that they die. Yeah. It, they die from it. And, you know, I know there's a big lawsuit right now and some people are going to go to, they're going to go to prison. Young adults are going to go to prison because, they encourage this, you know, young student to, they were hazing. And it, it's, yeah. that scares me, you know, yeah. that really, really scares me because who wants to ruin your life? Yeah. Or oh. drive, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, there's so many reasons not to drink. Yeah. And I think it's a testament too to like, to some of the work we, we have to do collectively for mental health, for support, you know, cause most people that come to me and 
and you know, I was blessed to have found a path of holistic wellness and um, self-inquiry, right? This is not the path that everyone goes on. Now, more and more, more and more things are becoming available and we're seeing this kind of conversation in a lot of other therapy settings, um, you know, more mindfulness-based tools, emotional intelligence, but it's not been the framework of the collective story, you know, for the last forever. So, uh, you know, understanding our emotions. And I think the reason that it's so exemplified is because of the information age, right? Because we have, we're bombarded with so much, you know, and it's, and we're not out connecting with nature as much. And we're not even connecting with our community as much that the need for emotional intelligence is bigger than it's ever been. Um, especially after these last two years, I mean, people have no coping skills and that's not, and that's not to shame anyone. It's just like, where do you learn that? If, if they're not teaching it in schools and your parents don't know it, well, then how do you learn that? Yeah. You know, I mean, so if alcohol has been like the solution that this makes you happier, more fun, sexier, and all these things, if that's the promise of the advertising, it's like, oh man, we're in trouble. Yeah. Right. I know. And it's everywhere. I mean, you know, now that I don't drink, you know, I look around and I go, wow, there's another ad. Oh my gosh, look at that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you really become a little more sensitive to it of, you know, what's out there and what's, what is bombarding, you know, these young people's minds and other people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, um, I would be, I would definitely, I'm a huge advocate for people, you know, reaching out for help for things that they need because there is a lot going on in this world that, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy, it's not easy. Yeah, no, it's not. And I think, I think it's going to get a little bit more intense before it gets better too. So, um, so tell us then, (laughs) tell us about feeling these emotions that you no longer solve for with alcohol. What does that look like? Well, um, I guess what, what I like to say is I'm, I'm more present. I'm more in the present. Like it, I'm not afraid to feel those emotions anymore. Like, so now I deal with them differently, you know, and like you, like you always coach and teach is, you know, you need to get really curious about these things. Like, you know, like step back and look at the why, you know, why are you feeling this way? And, you know, is, is it a real, you know, and you always say, you know, emotions are, you know, just emotions that that's just what they are. They're not, they're not going to kill you. You know, they're just, they're a feeling. And, um, that really helped me too to say, you know, that, you know, you know, take five, take five minutes and just walk away, you know, and change the, change your thought pattern so that you're not just stuck in that whole thing. And you, you, you were great at coaching me too about, you know, this does take time because this is not something that's going to go away overnight. It's going to take time because a habit didn't come in overnight. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to move out overnight. So, you know, got to give yourself a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a lot of grace. Yes. <laughs> I love that word. And I love that message because man, yeah, being human is challenging, you know, and there's not a guidebook and we have to give ourselves grace. And, and I think, you know, tell me a little bit about some of the things that would create the emotions. Do you have different perspectives on some of these things in your life now that they're not, you know, as in that you have more grace for those circumstances also? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, because, you know, it, it was one of those things that, I had to learn. I'm still learning. Um, you have some great tools, you know, the deep breathing, the meditation, um, and those kind of things. And I'm, I'm not good at those. I'm not good at the meditation. I have a hard time sitting quiet and being still. Um, like I told you, I'm a, I'm a doer. I need to be up doing something. And so, um, I have a hard time with that, but in saying that I have, I now use some of those practices right? When I do get upset or I get frustrated or whatever. Um, but then, you know, also I look around the world and I'm going, oh my goodness, you know, like 
And that's why I was telling you about this couple up the hill. I mean, it's like, you know, that is a dire situation. There's, you know, so if you compare what you're going through to what other people are going through, sometimes you go, wait a minute, that really puts it in perspective for me. Mm. But, um, but certainly I think that I have better coping skills now without the alcohol being involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, you know, all it takes is coming, becoming into the present moment and to take five. And it's that the meditation is really just mindfulness, right? So it can be 20 minutes, but it can also be just that coming to your senses, taking a deep breath. Okay. The willingness also to want to see it from a different perspective. That that's huge. That is huge because you do have to want to, you know, break it, break the habit, stop it. And, and then, you know, redo the, the synapse chain in your, in your brain, right? You got to change your brain. And, um, and part of that for me was, you know, getting rid of the alcohol, the toxin, because it is a toxin to your body. You know, that takes, that takes a little while to get out of your body. Um, so you gotta, you gotta get through that. And then once you get through that at the same time, you know, then dealing with the emotions and that kind of thing and, and then trying to change the habit. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that's what was helpful. Your workbook that you provide is excellent. It's an excellent tool. Um, I love that you had the place where we journal every day and just kind of write down how we're feeling because a lot of that, I would go to bed at night sometimes and and I'd be upset or frustrated or exhausted or whatever. And I'd go. I love that you talk about kind of these stages of, of changing your relationship to alcohol, because I always, I say that it's layered, right? There is the, the chemical that you have to, that's going to have that little bit of that pull on you at first, you know? And so it's really, it's, it's really important to, to be able to feel through that, right. To know that you're not going to die. And really what we talk about is allowing the urge, right. Allowing that to come and go. But, but that, that little pull kind of goes, goes away, but then it's all of the thoughts that were associated with it. You know, all of the thoughts of that specific time of day or whatever it was. Um, so what do you think was one of the the harder circumstances for you to to change um and how did how are you seeing it from a new perspective you know even just like a time of day or whatever Yeah well yeah and that was the thing it was always you know the afternoon especially when I was cooking dinner and that kind of thing that 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 just holding that wine glass in my hand you know and sipping wine while I cook dinner and that kind of thing um, yeah, that, that was a tough one. That was tough. And, um, I dreaded that time of day, you know, but I, I replaced it with drinking, you know, something different, you know, like, um, I really like seltzer water and so things like that. Um, and then I just tried to make it so that that process wasn't as long, mm-hmm. you know, like, I just shortened up what I was doing, which is great. And, you know, cause in the South here and um, we have a vegetable garden. So it was great. Cause a lot of times it was, you know, more just eating, you know, veggies and stuff like that. And um, which was also really healthy, but I wasn't in the kitchen for a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, that was one that, that was a hard one to kick. Um, but the other thing was just, you know, not having it in the house. You know, that was one of my other things that I just realized that, you know, if you don't buy wine, you don't have wine in the house. Right. um, And that was an easy thing for me to do. Yeah, absolutely. And what is, what do you think you have more access to or more awareness of, you know, during those times? Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, because we were speaking a little bit about creativity. So, and, but it, it did kind of bring out, you know, it's like, Oh, well now, you know, that I don't have a buzz and I can really focus, you know, cause I'm pre- in the present. 
um, you know, I would reach out and try new recipes or, you know, things like that, that, you know, try to change things up a little bit so that, you know, I use my brain a little differently mm-hmm. than just, you know, getting into the whole, you know, um, oh, we're just going to have this same old thing over and over again. So, it, you know, it was, it was, it was, it has, you know, changed my, my creative habits a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're like the Pilates queen over there too. Oh yeah. 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 I started Pilates. That was a, that's been a huge thing. So that was the other thing is I had to, you know, that was the other um, thing I had to learn how to deal with was now what do I do with the pain? If I'm not using alcohol and I, and I've never been one to take um, like prescription meds, you know, I've never, I've never been one to do that. Um, Ibuprofen is probably the heaviest thing, you know, that I like to take. Anyway, but, um, but I did, I, I went through a period, uh, where I really, um, had to go to a pain doctor and, you know, got some injections in my back and in my knee and those kind of things. So yeah, I just, I just had to do a little bit more, um, homework and put in the time of, again, taking care of myself. And I think that was another thing. That was the emotion. It was just kind of like, in a way there were times that I, you know, I didn't really care if I was hurting myself. Yeah. I had that kind of thoughts go through my head and, um, and see now, like, I'm totally not that way. I'm totally like, no, no, you don't want to do that to your body. You know, you want to stay healthy and, um, and, and, and try to be as healthy as I can. I mean, I'm hoping to have grandchildren one day and, you know, so I would really like to be healthy and be able to, you know, you know, do things with them. And, um, Anyway, so yeah, it's it's just been it has it was definitely a process of taking those things that I use as my excuse to drink and 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 fix them in another way and not let the alcohol. So now what I say is alcohol doesn't control me anymore. You know, yeah. I don't wake up in the morning worried about if I have wine in the house or not because it's just, you know, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't need that. I love it. Well, and it's it's kind of yeah. Go ahead. The other thing that you always said too that always resounded with me is, you know, don't use so much of your brain space worried about this alcohol thing. That's just taking up too much of your time and your brain space. Like, you know, there's other things. There's much more things in this wonderful world to use your, you know, time and effort and brain power for. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you have to be willing to go on the other side, right? And some of those newer ways of being can be, you know, have thoughts and emotions behind them, of course, as well. But one of the things I really see for you, and I'm hearing is that when you made the decision, when the the pain of staying the same, you know, was greater than the pain or the discomfort of change, that was a signal that I do care. I do care about myself. I am worthy. I am, you know, I do have my purpose here just as I am. And I think that that's, that's why I say this is a sacred journey of the self because you are signaling to your brain, I'm going to do something about this. Not even your brain. I really think you're the higher part of yourself. And so you gain that momentum and then you start showing up in all of these other ways too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a that was a great way to put it. Um, but yeah, because that was a struggle, you know, because I'd found most of my self worth was, you know, I found wrapped up in, you know, raising my children. Mm-hmm. And once they were gone, it was like, like I said, it's like, okay, now what do I do with myself? But also, why am I here anymore? You know, that kind of thing. So, um, and I and I think as you know, as older women, um, middle aged and older, we even though our children leave home, we still have a purpose for sure. I mean, a big purpose. I mean, we're still a very um, powerful, you know, being. Yeah. I mean, you, (laughs) you created life, you know, you gave life to those children, right? Yeah. Well, and it's all of that, you know, I think that that's one of the things about aging that, you know, kind of goes under, underlooked. It's like, well, what about all the wisdom? Right. You know, and that was something that you've talked about too. It's kind of like gaining more access to that wisdom that you had underneath, you know, just kind of exposing it. The alcohol in that way covers up a little bit when, when you're feeling the shame and and unworthiness, you know, because you've lived all these years, you put the time in, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it is a complex world, but then again, when it really boils down to it, it's not that complex. I mean, really what, what everybody needs is, is love and, and self-respect. And that was that book, you know, that I love so much that you turned me on to um, return to love. Yeah. We'll make sure that yeah. they know about it. That, that book, I'm telling you, if you can read, if, if y'all can just get that book and read it, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, we've talked about this. It's life-changing. Mm-hmm. It really would be life-changing if people were able to do that. And basically um, the author, her name's Mary too, right? Mary Ann Williamson. Yeah. And you know, what she talks about, right. Is, is, and I didn't buy this at first, but she talked about the fear. I mean, everybody has this fear and every, every emotion that we have comes from fear. And at first I'm like, no, that's not true. No, no, I'm not fearful. But when you think about it, it is true. Yeah. Anger, depression, everything boils down for and and self-loathing people. I I found, I found reading that book that that's not an unusual thing for people to be self-loathing. Yeah. I think we really are. They don't love themselves. And, and and the society teaches that, Mm -hmm. which which is really sad because we are loved. We are created um, by God and in his image and he loves us. And all we have to do is accept that. That's all we have to do. That's all we have to do. I know. I always, I know that's one of the things I say to people. And I say, you know, even outside of whatever your spiritual or religious beliefs are too, you can't negate the fact that you're a miracle, that life is a miracle, right? I mean, it all works so well together. I just look outside and I'm like, oh, those are the trees and I breathe the oxygen and then the fruit and all the things. And so you can't outdo a miracle. It's already been done. You're already perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so so just stop trying to be more perfect. Yeah. Just stop. That's what I say. Everything else is a bonus. The day we're born, we already have everything we need. We're perfect. It's a miracle. And then everything else becomes a bonus. Even when you're not perfect, even when you're, you know, feeling whatever you're feeling, that was, that's part of being human. So it's this idea that we're supposed to be something different than we are in this moment. Yes. And, you know, and and that's the other thing that I've come to realize, you know, through this process too, is through the work that we've done together, you and I, and then the, the readings and stuff. I realize that, I mean, I'm at peace right now and it is a great place to be because I don't feel like I need to try to be anything but who I am and, you know, what I am and, and, um, and just love and be loved. I mean, you know, so much of my life I spent trying to be somebody else or, you know, or I live for the future, you know, oh, when I get to be this or when I get through that, you know, then I'll, then I'll have made it, you know, and and we, I mean, it's nothing wrong with setting goals for yourself, but I think you got to realize that, you know, you are going to reach those goals. You know, you set your mind to it, you get that goal met and then set another goal. But at some point you always got to be at peace about reaching that goal. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with patting yourself on the back a little bit and say, job well done. Yeah. So I just, I just think we, we really need to give ourselves a lot more grace. Yeah. Beautiful. I really love that so much. I think it's, I always, that's why I always start with celebrations. Like what are we celebrating today? What's working? Cause if, yeah. if you're only focused on the not drinking, if you're only focused on, Oh my God, now I'm going to have to deal with this. And it's like, no, no, no. It's the other side of that. It's like, you don't have to deal with it because there's a whole new way to even see it. Right. Um, and and so about your program too, Mary, is that you don't label, you don't judge, you know, I mean, there's plenty of times I came to the meeting, right. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I drank this weekend or I, you know, and it's not like confession. <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, it, it's more like you helped, you help us, me work through the why to try to understand it. But it's not like, you know, and, and anybody that's listened to the show, I don't want you to think that, Mary would anyway um, be negative or labeling or con- and, uh, condescending towards you for for doing, you know, 
we all backslide. You know, we all have our times that, you know, the willpower just wasn't quite there. And for whatever reason, an emotion or a situation or, you know, because there was that one situation that I had. The other thing was going out to dinner. Right. That was my other big thing is I was in the habit of always drinking when we were out to dinner. And there was one occasion, um, you know, that you always you always uh, coach and say, you know, make the plan ahead of time. You know, don't get to the don't get to in the situation and then have to make the decision. Go ahead and plan ahead of time. And that was that is great. And um, and I did that one time. Remember, I went out with my friends and made the decision and nothing went to plan. Like I, I did this all this imagery thing and it was all going to be great. And, you know, we're all just going to be together. And then all of a sudden it just went down the tubes. I mean, it was it was a hard it was a hard one. Uh, hard evening for one of my girlfriends who had lost a a son and um, she was, she was kind of at the bottom and um, that really not rock. It just kind of rocked me a little bit. And um, so, you know, that's all I'm saying is you, you got to know that, you know, in your program, it is not about being labeled. It's not about the condemnation. You're here to give that grace and give the help that, we need to get through, you know, this time of, um, you know, trying to separate ourselves and our lives from alcohol. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. We, you've already gone through the criticism on your own, right? So we're practicing, we're practicing the opposite of that. Right. Yeah. And that's that's what I was not good at. And Uh obviously like I was, I was so down on myself, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm here. I'm talking about this for a reason, right? Because I've been there. So um, yeah, so there's no judgment. I think, thank you for sharing that. I I would love for you just to kind of end a little bit, just talking about what it, what it was like for you to invest, you know, your time, money and energy. And I know you said like when you were getting on the console, it was a little scary because you were thinking about the change itself and stopping that. And what, what would you talk to say to someone who is interested in taking a next step in, in some way, um, you know, well, and through this process, which is different, you know, about, about that fear, what would you say to them? And I think that your last answer kind of, kind of change, you know, kind of answered that already about that. There isn't all the judgment, but I would, I would say you got to look a little bit deeper. And so what, what are you fearful of? Are you fearful of having to make the change um, of what it's going to be like not to have alcohol as part of your life? Um, or, you know, what, what, what really is what's causing the fear? What are you fearful of? You really going to have to do a deep, you know, self introspection to see what, what, what's causing that fear. Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead. That was, you know, and that was tough for me, you know, because again, I already been through that 21 day reset thing. And it was like, okay, well, I did 21 days. Now what do I do? (laughs) Go for another 21. I mean, you know, it was just, and and the thing with you is it, it's a, it's a program. It is not, you know, it's not something it's, it's an, it is an investment. You are going to have to invest your time, your energy and your money um, to this. But when you look at it, like when I really looked at, I mean, you know, the price of your program and I was like, okay, well, hell I'll spend that on wine. You know I mean, you know, I mean, when you think about what you're doing with your money, mm-hmm. you know, where do you want to put it? Do you want to put it, you know, in the basket of, you know, self-help and trying to get yourself better? Or you just want to keep on going down the same road. And I'm telling you going down that same road was more fearful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, that you didn't, that the fear didn't have to be gone to start because that's the work we do, right? We, we work to understand the fear together. And I, I think it's interesting too, of the, the investment of your time, because after the 21 day reset, which I'm not sure about all of that, and I'm sure it helps people, but you know, it's like now what, but do you feel like the investment that you made in our time together didn't leave you hanging with the now what? Oh, absolutely. You, I mean, that's, that's the whole difference between your, your, is your program is that, you know, you give us, you give, you gave me the tools 
that I need to continue, right? It wasn't just, you know, because because the other big thing that you and I talked a lot about was I felt um, about not having um, um, okay, I'm blanking on the word. They, um, the, um, oh, it's coming to me, not having it, the deprivation. That's yeah. the word. The deprivation, like I felt deprived. Okay, well, if I go out to dinner and I don't have a glass of wine, I feel deprived or, you know, that kind of thing. So I had to work through that feeling too, right? Mm-hmm. And you were, you were very instrumental in helping me work through that um, mm-hmm. you know, because that deprivation was definitely something that I was, I, I went through that. I went through feeling deprived, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think the tools plus, you know, you still have your, uh, you know, your podcasts, which are great. And then we have the workbook um, that I still go back and look through, you know, like, Oh, what was I feeling? You know? And, and to go back and look through those things, I'm like, yeah, I do remember that. And, and so many times and you, you can, you can vouch for this for me is I would say to you, you know, cause we met, you know, basically we met an hour once a week uh, by zoom. And, um, you know, I would say to you, I was like, this is really hard, Mary. I mean, this is really hard. And you'd say, I know it is, but you're doing great. You know, you kept encouraging me and, you know, sometimes I'm sure it felt like how many times do I have to say this to this lady? <laughs> how many times do I have to say the same things to this lady for it? It's, but I would say to you, right? I'd say, when is it going to get easier? And you said, I promise you, it will get easier. And it did. It did. But it now it it took it took some months. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we make it's, you know, I say I have an episode about that. It's committing versus quitting. So it's really about you, you and you, right? Having a better and different relationship with yourself. Yeah. yeah. So do you, I mean, do you see how the tools roll over in, in just the concepts roll over into the rest of your life? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're, they're, I mean, you give us life tools to work with. And so you can, you can apply that ETA to anything, you know, the emotion, thought and action. Yeah. I mean, it's what it's all made of. Yeah. It's what we're all made. And it's what, you know, any situation, you're going to have that an, an initial emotion, which leads to a thought, which then leads to an action. And at some point, you know, for me, it was it was intervening earlier, like really acknowledging that emotion and dealing with that emotion before it got to the drinking. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the thought of, right. Even the thought of, okay, well, I can just have a drink and that'll go away. That was, right. that was my ETA before, right. The emotion went straight to that. And then uh, to that thought, and then the action would be pouring the glass. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, how are we, where the circumstance becomes our emotion. Right. And then it's like, well, we, then you have all of these, you know, because if you're avoiding it for so long, it's scary. You don't, the body doesn't, doesn't recognize it as something that's okay to feel right. So, um, well, Paula, you just have given us so much insight. And I think so many people are going to relate to your story because a lot of times, you know, it's like, well, I haven't had this habit forever, but I know in some ways it's, you know, I've dabbled with it and now using it to really solve, solve a problem, it's not like a problem. It's not a problem that's going to go away. Right. It's a change changing, you know, kind of this next level, this next phase of your life. And so it's like, well, I gotta, I gotta live it. I gotta do, make the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is such a great point is, you know, we all, you know, life's a journey. Thank goodness. Right. Um, it's not a destination. It's, it's a journey. We're on this journey. Um, to get through this life. Um, and there, there are different, you know, everybody has different, um, different journeys, but we also, they're just different phases that we go through or different chapters in our lives. You know, like, you know, when you're younger, you have a certain, you know, mind frame, you know, then you have your kids or, you know, if you're not, don't, don't have kids, but you know, you go through certain phases in your life and, 
this is just another chapter. And, and that was a whole other thing is I've learned to just embrace this now, embrace this time that I have to be available to help other people or um, just to take a breather, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, raising kids is, you know, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Take a breather. <laughs> yeah, take a breather, man. So, you know, like I said, I'm just at the point in my life now, I'm just feel very content and I'm, I'm very thankful. I thank I thank God every day that, um, that I have this contentment. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. What a beautiful place to be, you know, and it's available in this moment. I mean, it can be available. Like you said, even as you're reaching your goals, there has to be some of that peace inside there that it's, it's not just about, cause the thing doesn't make you happy. It's inside, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so what is a piece of advice or inspiration you would give to someone listening who is on the fence about taking the next step? Oh, uh, it's so worth it. I mean, you do have to be to the point that you are ready to do it. You have to be committed. Yeah. But you also won't regret it. You won't regret, you know, working with Mary or, you know, going through this whole thing with her. Cause like, like we were talking about, it's not just this one thing with alcohol. It is developing the life skills and and the tools to deal with a lot of different situations, you know, and, and you, you bring that out, you know, beautifully and sharing, and I know you've done it in your podcast, you know, things that you've struggled with, mm-hmm. you know, not, not just alcohol, but just certain emotions, you know, and how you have to break them down and step-by-step step go through, you know, the emotional process um, of dealing with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I love that you said that you have to be, that the commitment is what you have to be ready for more than just the giving up the alcohol, because, Absolutely. because it, it does get easier as you stick to the program, right? It's like you stick to the program, commit to a change. Like you, I always tell people, you've never become an expert at anything overnight. This is the same. Essentially you're learning how to be, to live in a new way. You're learning how to, you know, you're learning a new way of thinking. Yeah. And you're learning, you know, again, you just, because when I was younger, I didn't really think about being, you know, um, you know, in the present, Right. As you get older, you're like, you know, you realize that you just, you kind of just go rote through life. You know, they're so easy to get in these little, you know, ruts and you're just like, oh, I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. You know, I loved, I loved going to the gym and working out and, but then my body got to where I couldn't do that. So, you know, and you really encouraged me, you know, you're like, yeah, go try something different, go try something new, you know, and, um, and, and Pilates has been a great, a great fit for me. You know, I'm a little, it's a little more gentle and kinder. It's not easy. You know, I mean, I go in there and I, I get a dang good workout, but, um, but I'm not pounding my body like I used to. Yeah. 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 So don't, that's, that's the thing. Don't be afraid of doing something new and different. Yeah. No, we got to get out there and live this life. Yeah. You might just really like it. You know, so. you might just really like it. Well, Paula, congratulations on all your amazing success. And thank you for all of your service to the world and everything that you've done. And also for sharing your story, because it does take a lot of courage to come out and, and talk about this because there has, you know, there is so, so many different views and opinions about it. But as we're talking so casually, I hope people can see that nothing has gone wrong. You're just nope. being human. And now you get to learn a new way to have more fun and do, you know, love yourself more. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you, Mary, because you, you give a lot to this. You really do. And you've taken it on, you know, and um, I know it's not easy, you know, with what you do and trying to raise a family and that kind of thing. So thank you for all you do to help those that need that extra step and that extra grace and extra love to navigate through this. Yeah. I mean, you've got a great thing. Well, thank you so much. It's my honor. And um, I'm, yeah. I know you're very humble about it, but (laughs) (laughs) it is, it's, it showed up on my doorstep knocking and I was like, okay, you know, I guess this is what we're doing now. So for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you to everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Good luck. Yes. 
If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.